0: You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Hey, welcome to the September-October 2021 issue of the Church Doctor Report. And this title has me fired up, so hang on. The title is Drift from Church Decline to Church Growth want to begin with a conversation I had with a denominational leader. He said, Kent, how many churches have the church doctors consulted in the last four decades? I said, well, Dave, uh, over 2,000 from 78 denominational backgrounds plus non-denominational and independent churches. Dave continued, do you see some pattern? He paused And he said, any common issues that explain the decline of Christianity in our country? (laughs) Well, Dave, I replied, it's complicated. But if we were to summarize a general issue behind many of the issues, it would be drift. Drift from what, he asked. I replied, drift from our primary purpose. Our mission, our primary calling, to make disciples who make disciples. The good news? There is a way to turn that around. Let's talk about it. What business are you in? You know, Peter Drucker, the great management leader of the last century, once said, If you forget what business you're in, you're about to go out of business. Think about that. There's a direct correlation between aging and decline in the mission effectiveness of your church. To describe this issue of drift a little different way, I want to contact Thomas Merton, who said, People may spend their whole lives climbing the ladder of success, only to find, once they reach the top, that the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Now, let's be honest. Most pastors work hard. So do church staff members. Many dedicated church people serve their churches faithfully. However, many of these same churches continue to decline. You see, it's easy to become busy in the work of the church. Yet, it's often challenging to discern if the effort contributes To the mission that God has given to us. This is not a business issue. This is a biblical issue. At the heart of the matter is the mission of the church and the calling of God's people. It has a lot to do with the difference between the law and the gospel. You know, Martin Luther wrote this uh, 26 theses of the Heidelberg Disputation in 1518, but what he said is really interesting. The law says, do this, and it is never done. Grace says, believe in this, and everything is already done. You think about that. You see, grace is that wonderful news that Jesus accomplished his mission to pay for our sins. Yet, there is more it clarifies the focus of our primary mission as Christ followers. Our mission is to do everything short of sin to reach others for Jesus, and that focus diminishes up to 80% due to the busyness that wears church people out, trying to keep all that church stuff going. Mission focus would be greatly improved and improve the ability to reach lost people, It would reduce the drift that plagues congregations and whole denominations. As Stephen Covey once said, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. The enemy, you see, tempts believers with peripheral stuff that clutters mission and reduces our effectiveness. A guy by the name of Kerry Niehoff is the pastor of a large megachurch, he says, churches who love the method more than the mission will die. I'm going to say that one again. That is so powerful. Churches who love the method more than the mission will die, and they do. Now, let's take a brief look at history. There's a cycle that challenges the effectiveness of your church. It subtly sabotages your primary mission, It's like Paul Harvey, the radio announcer of years ago, said, too many Christians are no longer fishers of men, but keepers of the aquarium. You see, in the New Testament, the Christian faith exploded across the Mediterranean world. Churches did not reflect organization, but organism. Living and lively, reflecting movement and multiplication. When the movement reached Rome something happened. Over time, the church began a journey toward organization and bureaucracy. Rome is still the center of what became Catholicism. The organized Catholic movement, in the midst of all that organization, developed an order called the Jesuits. They were the ones who carried the mission efforts of the church. And they did great work throughout much of the world. They reflected the mission movement. However, the rest of the church drifted toward maintenance and bureaucracy. Catholics built phenomenal cathedrals throughout Europe. The Eastern Orthodox branch of Christianity did the same thing. Today, most of these great facilities are wonderful tourist attractions, and I love to visit them but they are primarily hollow remnants of vibrant faith. Their mission impact is negligible. You see, the Christian movement reignited though, through the Protestant Reformation. It took indigenous forms in various countries, speaking the language of the people and taking on different forms of worship and music that fit the different cultures. Bibles were translated into various languages spoken by the common people. Putting the scriptures into the words church members understood transformed Christianity from a hierarchical organization and returned it to a movement. (laughs) And yet, over time and even today, those nations of both Eastern and Western Europe are primarily secular. Many of those believers... Are nominal. Let's look at the American church. Today, the United States is following a similar trend, with some notable exceptions. But many of the denominational oriented congregations have lost focus on their primary mission to reach people for Jesus Christ and to make disciples who make disciples. Many denominational hierarchies have built political superstructures. That sap finances and divert focus. And the result? They drain resources and diffuse efforts toward our primary mission. Churches that are great examples of mission toward disciple-making basically are those churches that ignore the politics of their denominational systems. Other denominations have drifted into social agendas that the mission that diminish the mission focus though they would probably not agree with my conclusion but what they have done is they have redefined jesus mission now look this is not a new trend in the 1960s and 1970s there were denominations that chose to take on popular social agendas of the day and by doing so they diminished the emphasis on evangelism outreach and making disciples. And the result? Today, those denominations are a shadow of their former selves. Recently, several current denominations are following the same path. The results will be no different. It'll be exactly the same. To some extent, this is secular drift. It is not always or only a denial of scriptural truth, but the focus and the purpose diminishes their emphasis on biblical teaching. It greatly ignores the Lord's commission to make disciples. Let's turn the page to something else, the threat of busyness. You know, many churches remain true to Scripture and theoretically adhere to the mission to make disciples. However, an overabundance of programs leave little time or energy for the focus on the primary mission of making disciples. Most churches have some kind of evangelism committee that meets to at least talk about outreach but rather than doing it. They rarely focus on equipping all church members to reach out to the unbelievers in their own social networks. Instead, they focus on church signs and websites or bring a friend Sundays rather than equipping members to make disciples. And that's where multiplication takes place. So, while this reality may launch a guilt trip on pastors, that's unwarranted. It's not the pastor's fault. As we've discovered while consulting numerous churches from a wide variety of denominations and fellowships, the vast majority of pastors have been trained to manage Christians and churches. They have been well trained in theology, the great teachings of the Bible. Pastors have been taught ecclesiology, the doctrines about the nature of the church, what it means to be the church. However, most pastors have not been equipped in missiology, the teaching about all that Scripture reveals concerning the mission of the church. Consequently, most pastors are not trained to equip their members in effective outreach. Whether they realize it or not, pastors are trapped in the busyness of congregational life, and for many, their churches are declining and aging. Pastors can't equip people to reach their community in a country that is increasingly becoming a dominant mission field. Pastors can't train church members in what they themselves have not learned. You might wonder, why didn't they learn biblical teaching about mission when they were trained to be a pastor? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) That leads me to the big why. You see, after wrestling with this issue, our church doctors have come to the conclusion about the issue behind the issue. And we believe this is the causative reason the church is losing ground in America and elsewhere. It is why secularization rages and threatens the moral and spiritual fiber of the nation. At some time in history, this big unspoken lie became the worldview of Christians, particularly here in America. And that lie is, America is a Christian nation. Now look at this subtle reality. Our definition of the mission field becomes somewhere over there, far away, foreign. I came to understand this in several steps. Here they are. Step one. When I graduated from the seminary, I stayed to earn a PhD in theology. And my primary reason for that extra training was to reach people who were not yet Christians. I hadn't received that training in college or seminary as I studied for my Master of Divinity degree. So I went to grad school to get my doctorate. After three years, which totaled 12 years now of education beyond high school, I got another degree. I learned a lot more, but still I found no training in mission and in outreach even as i got that phd step two while leaving seminary grad school i thought back to my graduating class three years earlier and i remembered there were three or maybe four classmates of my class that felt called to be quote missionaries end quote which meant they were called to serve on some foreign mission field and i remembered that those few students my fellow students, had to go on to another school that trained them in missiology. Of course, we've defined the mission field as somewhere else. Step three, my first placement in the church was a congregation in the inner city of Detroit. It was a large church, 900 members in worship, and I was the only pastor for the first couple of years. It was an all-white congregation in a neighborhood with about 50% African Americans. Everything we tried failed to grow the church, to reach our neighbors. I reached out to my denominational leaders about what I could learn to help my church reach out. And I was told, we don't know what to do. We've already closed several churches In the city of Detroit. Thanks a lot for that encouragement. Step 4. During months of discouragement, I received a brochure in the mail about mission training for busy pastors. (laughs) My wife wondered if I would go to school forever. The church board allowed me to go, but I had to pay for it. No problem. This training was two weeks at a time. Before I went, I had to read 2,400 pages of assigned reading from selected books, and after I returned, I had to write a paper about what I learned and how I would apply it to my own church, and I did that three times a year for three years, and I want to tell you, it changed my life, and that changed our church. What happened? I became a trained missionary. Through me, our staff and many of our members became missionaries, whether they knew it or not. The church grew cross-culturally. As word got out, others became interested in what was going on in our church. Leaders from my denomination visited to find out how such an extraordinary thing could take place. And in the meantime, pastors started asking me to consult their churches, and that's how we formed Church Doctor Ministries. Now, I can't just leave you there. I want to talk about the SEND movement. Great news! There is a way to gently turn your church into an effective mission movement in your community. It is not a quick-fix program. It is a movement that works like leaven and bread dough. It is almost invisible, It takes time and it changes everything. After the first 20 years of consulting churches, Church Doctor Ministries began to develop a training and equipping mechanism for local churches. It has traveled through 10 years, even further, 10 more years of refinement and improvement. It is called the Send Movement. It is often funded by members of the church who give above and beyond their offerings to the congregation. Now, the Send Movement is not a program. I have to say that again and again. Further, it is not for everyone in the church. It basically teaches missiology to the staff and those who God moves to be involved. It normally starts small, the staff plus maybe six, to ten others who are invited to consider involvement. Hey, but don't get upset about that. Jesus started with twelve, right? Ended up with eleven, right? Yet, over time, the movement grows. More people get involved. There's no church-wide hype about the SEND movement. There are no sermons, no posters that make it appear like some quick-fix program. The movement begins with spiritual gifts discovery workshop for those involved in the SEND movement and anyone else in the congregation who would like to discover, develop, and use their spiritual gifts. It's a toe in the water, just a taster event. The staff and those committed to the SEND movement are taught basic missiology through video teachings spread over three years. How long did Jesus work? Yeah, three years. They discuss the short teachings on the video and process the material together. They will also receive next steps and action plans to put to use what they've learned. Those involved in the SEND movement are encouraged to read some books about mission teaching. They discuss how they can apply mission teaching to their lives and increase the effective outreach of their church. Other workshops are provided by Church Doctor Ministries throughout this three-year cycle. The church is assigned a church doctor coach who connects with the leadership on a regular basis. The congregation develops a SEND prayer team. A church doctor intercessory coach regularly connects with the prayer team. Those involved in the SEND movement pray for, look for, and invite other members to join the SEND movement. And when there are several more ready to start, the church begins A second cycle of the SEND movement using the same teachings. Now, this multiplication of the movement continues. It is a movement, not a program. Well, here's the bottom line. Every church is located on a mission field, no question. When Christians are trained as missionaries, they reach out to unbelievers in their own social networks. The movement thrives. Churches grow. When churches grow, nations change. Lives are changed for eternity. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the drift becomes a movement again. The church becomes a mission again. God's people experience divine fulfillment again. As Jesus says in Luke 15, verse 10, all heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. When effective churches reach people for Jesus, it's exciting for the whole church as well. I want to leave you with some key thoughts to consider. David Putman, in his book Detox, said, Becoming a friend of sinners is messy business, but cleaning up new wine that bursts old wineskins is even messier. At the Global Leadership Summit in 2012, i heard this comment there is no other way to turn the church around except by innovation what was that innovation new wine that required new wineskins god is calling today for the rebirth of christianity that requires humility the decline of north american civilization and the rise of secularism is the dismal failure of the christian church to be the body of christ in mission from my book who broke my church just a short line the challenge is this. If you don't change the style, you will change the substance, the content. The words of the Apostle Paul, Romans 12:2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Another line from Who Broke My Church. When you perpetuate traditions beyond their lifespan, you practice a form of Amish Christianity. A word from my friend, the missionary Tony Steinbrunn. Worship is the liturgy of life when you want to do indigenous ministry, go into the village and study the people and observe the liturgy of life and translate that into your worship. A word from the missionary who was killed by the people he was reaching. Jim Elliot said, so many missionaries are so intent on doing God's work, they forget God's main work is to make something of them. And finally, one more passage from Who Broke My Church? Healthy Churches Make Healthy Churches. Church health comes from recapturing kingdom culture, the culture of King Jesus. It is not a program. It is a spiritual environment, a way of life. It is the air you breathe. God bless you. Think about the opportunities. God is on the move in America, and praise him for that. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.